Welcome to CineStudy, an incomparable extravaganza featuring film breakdown, analysis, and overall good times. Now for our 25th episode, following mini-review. Hello everybody, welcome back to CineStudy. I am your host Dylan, and today I will be reviewing in a mini-review format, obviously, Christopher Nolan's very first feature-length movie, Following. This movie came out in 1998, and the quick IMDb plot synopsis is, A young writer who follows strangers for material meets a thief who takes him under his wing. A lot of people don't know this movie because, obviously, Christopher Nolan, he's a one-on director, but people know his big things, Inception, Interstellar, the Batman trilogy, Memento. This is kind of hidden in there because it's his first major thing. In fact, before this, he'd really just done one short film called Doodlebug. According to IMDb, he did two other shorts called Tarantella and Larceny. Whether those came to fruition or not, I'm not entirely sure. Especially when you read the synopsis for Tarantella, it's basically what Doodlebug is. So I'm not entirely sure if this happened or not, if these are actually real, but they're on his IMDb. Either way, Following was his first major thing. And the reason I'm mini-reviewing it is because, like other mini-reviews, there's really just a few things I like want to say particularly about this. I know it's probably kind of a niche pick to talk about this movie, and it's, you know, kind of an obscure choice. Not everybody has has seen it. But it does have its merits to talk about, and don't worry, I should have mentioned this earlier. I always forget to mention this right at the start. This uh, episode will be divided into a spoiler-free and spoiler-full section, although I think I'm going to, for the most part, stick to spoiler-free on this, because there's really just a couple major plot points that I'm not going to talk about too much. Uh, because I'd rather just talk about the overall style of this movie. I don't want to hint it too much, because as every Christopher Nolan movie seems to do, this movie does have a cool twist, so I won't approach that too much until the spore-full section, which means let's start off with the spore-free section of following. What did I like about this movie? First of all, I think the acting is actually pretty good for a movie that's fairly amateur, a movie that it's not going to land a lot of big-name stars. Actors in this movie include Jeremy Theobald as the main character, the young man, doesn't really have a name, Alex Hall plays Cobb, who's the thief that takes the writer, Jeremy Theobald, under his wing, according to the IMDb plot synopsis. And Lucy Russell, who's kind of this, like, love interest uh, of Jeremy Theobald, who comes into play a little bit more in this story throughout. She kind of builds in importance. And the acting, like I said, is pretty good. I'd say Lucy Russell, who's the blonde, is the, the name on IMDb, and she's obviously this love interest, and Jeremy Theobald... They're all right, but I think Alex Hall, who plays Cobb, is actually really good. I'm surprised, especially when you look, Jeremy Theobald went on to do a little bit more with Christopher Nolan, but Alex Hall's only thing on IMDb is literally following. And I thought he was he might be the best performance in this movie. I thought he was he had this really kind of cool charisma to him, this kind of style to him. Um, he, he delivered his dialogue like in a very kind of rapid, witty pace that I really like. I, I'm always kind of a sucker for like, fast-paced banter and dialogue uh and i think he he's not a he's kind of approaching that he's not really that his not his character's not meant to be like a shane black character or anything like that but it's it's still pretty cool i I liked his character a lot and that's something else i gotta say that is a big pro of this movie is this movie is so well written it's such a like actual christopher nolan movie if this movie if christopher nolan came out with this movie now with the kind of budget and actors and style he's developed it would be one of his best movies. Right now, I think it's it's kind of right there. All of his movies are really good, but it, it's it's right in the thick of things, I would say. Because there's just it's it's very tightly written. 
There's you're kind of uncovering things as you go. It's kind of a puzzle box, like all of his movies are. It's told in a non-linear fashion, which becomes very obvious. That's not really a spoiler or anything. Uh, and and so you're piecing together. You're piecing things together, of course, like you seem to always do in Christopher Nolan movies. And it's it's really just showing immediately that he kind of had this writing style, this writing uh, kind of point to it all of what he's trying to do that starts very early on and. Uh, you can see a lot of parallels between how this story is told and even some of the kind of mechanics and, and uh, may, maybe even character dynamics and, and plot points that parallel Memento. You'll see, if you watch this or Memento, if you watch this and you've already seen Memento, you're going to see a lot of parallels. If you watch this and then Memento, you'll see a lot where a lot of the inspiration for Memento came from uh, in terms of Christopher Nolan's own experience. Because this movie, is, it's, it's got some similarities for sure, and I think it accomplishes a lot of them just as well as Memento, the kind of distant sense of watching these characters piece together things about the other characters, like you're doing with the main character Memento. This movie's in black and white, which kind of resembles a lot of Memento. And like Memento, it's got some very kind of cool dynamics where the dialogue is a little bit ambiguous as you try to figure things out. And I mean, that's really just the main point is as usual for Christopher Nolan, there's a lot of pieces that you have to do the work to understand where they come from. Criticism of this movie, the music is really, it's pretty bad. It's, it's, it doesn't fit at all. It's to be expected from a movie like this. It's kind of got that standard amateur thriller film soundtrack, which is like these quick percussion beats and stuff like that. And it's, it's really not good at all. It, this movie really shines when it's just in its normal dialogue scenes because the, the music almost detracts uh, from the story. It's, it's really not great at all. This movie starts off with a little bit of voiceover and stuff, but it doesn't rely on that to give you any information, really, when you're piecing things together, which I really appreciated. And it's already that mark of Christopher Nolan of trusting his audience to figure out these kind of complex mosaics of movies that he's putting together. And of course, the visual style, as I mentioned, it's, it's black and white, but it's got the very cool, you know, it's got a very kind of standard cinematography. A couple pretty standout shots in there with some cool things done with lighting and stuff. But I'm not going to, you know, go on to those too much. You can definitely see where all of those are improved upon in Memento. But this movie is already, it's such a strong start in terms of seeing this as a Christopher Nolan style. It's actually pretty unbelievable. It does have a lot more, I think, at least what I noticed. This might not be correct. It's just how it felt. I feel like a lot of this movie was very handheld kind of in there with the characters, whereas some of the other Christopher Nolan stuff is a lot of, you know, steady camera positions, maybe even a little bit distant. This movie was a lot of up close and personal kind of like handheld camera stuff. And I think it works because the because your whole idea is the writer following people, following this thief, getting involved with things, and it makes sense for the camera to be up close and in that because it's like the writer getting involved in this world that he didn't realize he was going to get involved in. And I think that's like kind of a cool you know, uh, that's kind of a cool tie-in for the cinematography. Is it anything extraordinary? No, but it definitely fits the kind of idea of this movie. And the other kind of weird detract, like the weird thing that kind of took away from this movie is how Christopher Nolan does some of the violence in this movie. There is a little bit of violence, a couple like, you know, just brief fight scenes and stuff, and they're really not good. It's it's weird because, because when you think of Memento or, you know, any of the Batman movies, they have some really awesome fight scenes. And this just does not seem like Christopher Nolan at all. But I think a lot of it is the production. Because, first of all, the camera angles are, are they're kind of cheating when you're doing the fight. You're just getting glimpses of, like, an arm going by, and that's it. There's also no sound. So you just get, like, an arm swing, and it's just dead silent when, when we cut. And we then just are to assume that someone just got knocked out. And it's like, there's no weight to it. There's no, it's not visceral at all. 
And, and so whenever that would happen, it didn't have the punch that some of those moments should have, uh, no pun intended, but you know, some of those moments should have been like, oh shoot, things just got real. And instead they felt like a very weak moment. It, it just was not milked for all its impact. And I think that was a little bit to do with the kind of actual production of this movie. They don't have the budget for cool sound effects or maybe he, Christopher Nolan hasn't entirely figured out how to film this kind of, you know, the fight stuff. I mean, there's even a part with like a hammer, somebody hitting stuff with a hammer, and it's just, there's no sound. It's just like very weak, very little reaction from any of the characters involved when it should be like a very violent moment. And and so it ends up just being, it just doesn't feel important or impactful, even though it's supposed to be a major plot point. Like if you contrast with the hammer in Drive, when the hammer is used in Drive, it's such a difference. And I think it's entirely, there's just like a certain mood and intensity to, intensity to the stuff in Drive that's just completely missing here. But I want to comment one more time on the story uh, before I kind of wrap up this spoiler-free section. The story is really good. Like, I, I think it's a—I'm telling you, if this movie was made now by Christopher Nolan, it'd probably be one of his best, maybe the best. Because I, I think this story is really—it's just such a good concept. I really like it a lot. I think a lot of people don't know about this movie, and if they look at this movie, they're just, like, passing on it. This movie was a lot better than I expected and I think it really accomplished that because it's tightly written with characters that seem standard at first, but they evolve into being pretty cool. Like, all the characters start off as just kind of basic characters, but by the end, they all have really unique components to them that you start to understand. And I always appreciate that when a character becomes really developed without having any necessarily super unique traits. Because you're really understanding all these characters, even though they're just kind of normal people. But again, the story, very twisty-turny, twist at the end, and it's it's really cool. I mean, th like, things just being revealed at the end, as usual, are Christopher Nolan just blowing your mind with all the details you now know, Memento style or Prestige style. Um, I think it's accomplished the best by Christopher Nolan and Memento, and then probably by this, ahead of Prestige. The Prestige plot twists are okay. Everybody loves them. I think they're just kind of, they're, they're all right. I, they're not my favorite. Some of it is good. Some of it's not so good. But this one, I think, is so nice. Like, I'm, this movie is so underrated, in my opinion. I think it, it accomplishes its style to the best of its ability. Of course, it's, you know, lacking on certain fronts because Christopher Nolan doesn't have the experience or the money to do it. But he's clearly starting way stronger with his style and what he wants to do than a lot of other directors. I've been watching a lot of Kubrick's early stuff, and some of it is just horrible. Like, Fear and Desire is really bad. It's really bad. On the other hand, Killer's Kiss, one of his, like, early but slightly later than Fear and Desire movies... That's a pretty good movie by Kubrick. But either way, Following is really good. It's it's actually really good. Any Christopher Nolan fan should definitely watch this if you haven't already, especially if you're a Memento fan, because there's, again, a lot of cool parallels between this and that. And I think if this was made now, it'd probably be a better movie than Memento. It'd at least be right there. So definitely check it out. And I'm going to say before I move on to the spore full section that I give this movie an 8 out of 10 stars. I'm not going to do the whole... Uh, item system because this is a mini review i don't even remember if i did that for the past mini reviews either way eight out of ten because it's it's pretty it's pretty solid besides the kind of detractors of some of the music and the amateur budget stuff that just naturally you know constrains this movie a little bit it, it, it really shows that a great story with cool characters can be told with very little money experience or you know even acting ability um or acting prowess and and acting reputation if you just have a good story, you can tell it. And this movie is a great example of that. All right, so now I want to move into the spore full just to very, very briefly comment on some of the twists. I kind of already have just said they're pretty awesome, and I don't want to get caught up in too many of the details um, because figuring out everything in this is, 
I, I think, a little bit more of a challenge than Memento. Memento, it kind of really makes sense at the end. This, there's still little pieces where you're going, oh, okay, so that's when this happened and that happened, and you're you're still piecing together. Memento is more at the end. You're just like, oh, okay, so everything makes sense now. But um, this is this is a little bit more little pieces littered throughout rather than building to one big conclusion. It still builds to one big conclusion, but there's little links throughout that now you have to go back and think about um, once you've finished it. So I want to kind of say a little thing about them in the spore full section here, but that means that's it for the spore free section. Again, check out this movie if you're a Nolan fan or Memento fan. Honestly, just period. I think this is a really cool movie. If you're interested in kind of like where big directors start or, you know, a good amateur movie, this is one of the best you're going to get, in my opinion. All right, but thank you for listening. If you haven't seen this movie, I would tune out now as I'm about to talk about some spoilers for following. And uh, thank you for listening to Cinestudy. And if you're still listening, welcome to the spoiler section. The following audio will contain countless spoilers and discussions of significant character arcs and plot points. You've been warned. Don't ruin the movie for yourself. Unless, of course, do you want to? Cinestudy is not liable. Okay, so really, as I, as I said, there's not too much I want to talk about. But I do want to say at the very end when the police, the policeman John Nolan, like when he's talking to uh, the main guy about like, he, he's just basically, it's clear that the whole time the main guy, the writer, has been telling the policeman everything he knows about this whole crazy, you know, things that are unraveling with uh, the woman being dead and stuff like that. And the police chief unveiling each and every clue and realize that Cobb has just masterminded and just absolutely played the writer is so cool. Because each keeps building. You get one, and you're like, okay, so yeah, Cobb kind of absolutely fooled him. And then you think the writer might have found his way out of it by saying, oh, no, but I wasn't involved with that. And he's like, oh, but you were. Here's your signature on this credit card. And he's like, what? No, I didn't do that. But he's like, and this credit card belongs to the apartment that Cobb had been living in and taken from somebody else. And so it's really crazy how these things continue to build. It's not just like one boom, you're framed. It's like little things where you just, it's like things are just spiraling out of control for the writer at the end. And it shows you what a genius Cobb is, which is really cool because the whole time he has seemed to just have this intellect that you're confused as to why he's just taking this writer under his wing for no reason. And it's, a, it's just such a cool, rewarding ending. It's bad for the, your protagonist. You're rooting for the writer. And now it's clear that he is absolutely caught in the middle of all this and Cobb's going to get away but it's still so like rewarding because all these little pieces and parts that just seemed like random details are now like, oh shoot, dude, you messed up. Christopher Nolan has a knack for those kind of endings, those big mind-blowing endings, but I really do think this could be one of the best in the way it's just like one detail after another, after another, and the writer thinking he's, you know, arguing his way out of that, and then no, it's here's another one, lay it on on policeman. And it's so cool. I just loved it. I really did. This movie is told non-linearly, and so that means there's little pieces and parts that don't make sense. Like, uh, you know, the writer checks the bench, but then later on you're like, oh, he's looking for that earring. And I think that's always cool. And uh, I think those details sometimes get lost in the mix until you watch it again, or if you were to think about it all in chronological order. Some of them, you're just like, oh, he was looking for that earring, and then you don't really know what the significance of that is. There are some of those details in this movie where I don't remember why that thing was, you know, hinted to us and then revealed later on, like, where that played into everything. But that kind of naturally happens with these nonlinear movies. There's always going to be things you have to really sit down and think about where they tied back in. 
that would make a lot more sense if you're doing it chronologically. But I think that's part of the intrigue of this movie, not knowing everything. It this a memento that adds to their ideas because that adds to their ideas of the protagonist not knowing everything. And I think that just it, it makes sense. And it's it's really crazy how well Christopher Nolan can accomplish that in just this one feature length debut movie. He he really pulls it off with pretty good continuity and good style and it, it just works. All right, but now I think I'm starting to talk about things again that didn't really have spoilers. So really all I did need to mention was that ending. I think it's a really solid ending. And I think I think it's really cool how there's so many things where you're thinking, oh, the writer's duping Cobb, and it comes back the other way. Like when you think the writer is showing Cobb a random apartment, but we know it's the writer's apartment, but turns out later on Cobb knew that full well, and he like knows all of this stuff, like what the writer planted the key and all this stuff. And it's... It, it becomes so clear that the protagonist is, like thinks he's being smart, but is really just way in over his head. And I always like that kind of idea. And I think it's a cool contrast to Memento, whereas Memento, the protagonist, kind of has the power as he's figuring things out. Here, the writer's kind of being pulled along, and by the end, it's very clear he has no power. He's been framed. Whereas, brief Memento spoiler, and after this, I'm going to stop the episode, so if you haven't seen Memento, just stop it now. Thank you for listening. But uh, at the end of Memento, it's clear that... Um, the main character, gosh, well, I can't think of his name, Leonard, right? Uh, he has the power. It's clear that the whole time he has had the power by setting up that he was going to end up killing uh, Teddy. So that's a cool contrast across the two movies that separates them a little bit. If this is basically just the inspiration from Memento, there are some differences that make the two movies unique experiences. Okay, but I think that's about all I need to say about following. Really do recommend you check it out. It was really cool. I, I, was, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie. And it's led me to continue to want to seek out some of these early works. Um, I am trying to watch every Christopher Nolan movie at some point. Big ones I have left include Interstellar and, uh, I believe, Insomnia, his first movie. I've watched pretty much all of Dunkirk, but I watched it in pieces. And for a movie that's already a puzzle box, I definitely think I'll rewatch it in full at some point. Um, so I, I haven't logged that on Letterboxd yet or anything, but... Nonetheless, uh, this has been following. I, again, I do recommend it. All right, but that about wraps up this episode of Cinestudy, episode 25. Can you believe it? Episode 25. And uh, I think that just leads to the normal plugs. You can check us out on Instagram, Cinestudy Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at Cinestudy Podcast. You can email us at cinestudypodcast at gmail.com with your recommendations, with your reviews, anything you want us to talk about. Uh, and I, of course, will pretty much... And I, I will definitely answer all of them because we did not get a lot at this point. So I will be answering everything. And then, of course, check us, check me out on Letterboxd, Film Dylan. You can see my scores for everything I watch that I don't necessarily cover on here, as well as some lists I make. A lot of lists I'll probably end up doing an episode on, but not until they're complete. And, of course, uh, you can leave us some reviews, tell your friends, get the word out there. It really does help. I appreciate the support we've gotten so far, and uh, it's been fun, and I hope to continue rolling out some episodes for you guys. So thank you for listening to Study. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Cinestudy. Study.